All right, welcome to the very first episode of Tailgate Season, where it is always a bad day to be a beer. Presented by the Cold Cans Network. I'm Logan, sitting here with Jordan. You know, brand new podcast. Jordan, you're you're now officially a host on the Cold Cans Network, not just a guest. Yeah, it feels good. Um, I'm glad. I, you know, we've been I've been guest a couple of times, but now it feels good to actually have a podcast where where I'm kind of a co-host with it. So I enjoy this. That's right. Be able to uh, put out all your hot takes, your college football picks, everything on the internet for everyone to be able to hear forever. Because the internet's forever. That's what they say. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they'll remind you if you're wrong, too, I promise. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, even if you try to delete the tweet, somebody's got a screen grab somewhere. That's exactly right. <laughs> but like we said, it's tailgate season. Uh, we're going to be available pretty much where anywhere podcasts are available. So, I mean, you know, the main one, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, will soon be available on Amazon, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all that. Give us five stars and a great review. I mean, brand new podcast. Those things really do help out with the algorithm. Uh, but that is tailgate SZN because, you know, Going a little bit fratastic with the titling, but that's uh, tailgate season presented by the Cold Cans Network. Uh, just kind of give everybody, Jordan. I think we should give everybody a little bit of an overview of what we're going to be doing here uh, for this this college football podcast, if you will. Um, you know, we've got what I think. I mean, I don't know about you, Jordan, but I think it's probably going to be some of the best damn college football analysis that you can find on the interwebs. Yeah, I, I don't understand why anybody else would look anywhere. I mean, I, I feel like that our takes are like stone you know i think it's going to be great exactly I, think, Book uh, it. I mean it definitely better than first take at all of espn i promise you that there's no yeah doubt pardon that. my take sorry that's bush league compared to Tony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we're going to be having some college football analysis we're going to be jordan's going to give you some uh some uh college football betting picks week in and week out some of the ones that he likes uh some of the ones that he'll probably tell you to stay away from he'll have a segment on that uh we're, we're gonna try to have some guests on throughout the college football season to be able to uh so we can kind of keep up with um have some ce- celebrities so to speak celebrity being a very loose term because some of our friends don't think they're really celebrities but guest pickers on uh when we have uh weekly games a, a slate of matchups we're gonna pick jordan and i will keep up with who has the better uh you know, win loss record at the end of the year, uh, to see who is the inaugural tailgate season, uh, picking champ. Um, and then, you know, college football is probably one of my favorite sports, but it's also, you know, tailgate season is tailgate season and tailgating is probably one of the most fun things. So we're going to mix in a few things here and there about some of the, the do's and don'ts, some of the best, if you will, and even maybe some of the worst on what tailgating has the offer. Uh, so I know I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm I'm ready for college football to go ahead and start. Um, I I just I, I don't know, man. It's been a long time coming, and I'm just I'm definitely ready to get started back up. Oh yeah, me too. I mean, it's what's uh, week zero is what two weeks away? I think yeah. so, right now, and then yeah. week one since week zero is a thing now. I mean, when did that become a thing? Do you remember? I I, I don't know. It was a thing. So I'm just kind of bad by time with NFL preseason until it gets to the fun stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I caught myself the other day drinking a cold beer. And I think I played, you know, that thing where it's like uh, Celine Dion is finally coming back to me now. Had a nice little cry in the back. We're good. We're back for football. Just because I watched the first Hall of Fame game and I was like, oh, football's back, baby. <laughs> hey, there you go. And like we say here on tailgate season, it's a, it's a bad day to be a beer. It so. is definitely a bad day to be a beer, <laughs> especially with us two around. Yeah, hey, you know, that's right. All right, so let's jump into the very first thing here on the inaugural episode of Tailgate Season presented by the Cold Cans Network. Um, well, the AP Top 25 has been released. Um, let me share my screen so Jordan can see it here on our visual side. And um, I kind of, you know, surprise, surprise, 
top four. They, it is who we thought they were. Um, with who's going to pick with Alabama at one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, Clemson at four. Um, have you noticed that in the CFP era, we have way less parity than we did during the BCS era? Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, it seems like it's, I don't know how to explain it. You, you know, the big dogs are the big dogs. And you know, you know, the top, I'm going to say three because Ohio State's not always in that top four. They yeah. are this year. Clemson wasn't um, last year. Yeah, Clemson wasn't. And I'm not sure they will this year. It just depends. It, but it, it seems like you got – you're always going to have Bama. Yeah. You're always going to have Georgia. Well, you're not always going to have Georgia. You haven't – there's been a couple of years where they weren't there. But, you know, recently they're going to be there, especially as a reigning national champion. Um, Clemson has been there consistently. Um, and, you know, you just you just never know what Ohio State's going to bring. They have high hopes every year. You just don't know what's going to happen with it. That's very true because, I mean, one year they'll look like world beaters <coughs> in the playoff. but And then the next year they, you know, they, they just, for whatever reason, choke down the stretch. Um, but, I mean, it, in reality, you know, it, it's been that, that tiered system in college football, Alabama. Clemson and then really Ohio State and Georgia have kind of rounded it out. Sometimes you've had some some of these other also rands like Oklahoma, occasionally Notre Dame, and then we've had random teams pop in and out of the playoff like we had Cincinnati last year from the group of five. First one to kind of break that glass ceiling. Yeah. Um, so this year, by this, you, get, you know, you got Utah, who I think is a a very good team. I haven't, you know, I didn't get to see them a lot last year. I watched a bowl game and a couple games against Oregon and stuff like that. And they have a very good defense. I don't know what they're uh, coming back off from last year, but last year they had a great defense. So that's something to look forward to. Um, you know, Oregon is just a household name. I don't know what they got. I really have no idea. You know, it's West Coast. We have East Coast bias here on tailgate season because I don't watch a whole lot of West Coast football. A, a lot of it. I, the only reason I watch it, to be honest with you, is when it's 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, and I got a game. You know, I, I start itching. <laughs> and. That's why I do that. But, yeah. um, and you know what? I hate to see at 13. You know, I just, I'm damn yeah. sure hate to see that. Yeah. Before you say it, I'm going to read the top 25, but I was going to ask you that. I wanted to see what your thoughts on that was. But, uh, so we, there's the top four. And then we'll just quickly go from five to 25. Notre Dame at five, Texas AM six, Utah seven, Michigan eight, Oklahoma nine, <laughs> Baylor 10, Oregon 11, Oklahoma State 12. NC State, go pack, 13. Uh, Southern Cal, 14. Michigan State, 15. The U at 16. Pitt, 17. Uh, the Badgers, Wisconsin at 18. Arkansas at 19. Uh, basketball School, Kentucky at 20. Uh, the Lane Train and Ole Miss, 21. Week Forest and Dave Clawson at 2022. Or 22. Uh, Cincinnati, 23. Houston, 24. And BYU, 25. Uh, but let's circle back to 13 because it seemed like you want to talk about that. I mean, this is the highest that um, tied for the highest that NC State has ever been um, ranked preseason in the AP. Yeah. It's, um, it's a good spot for them if they have a good year um, yeah. because you're not too far out where, you know, a winning streak won't catapult you into the upper echelon, but it's, it also doesn't put them in like the top 10, top five, which would be ridiculous. And I think 13 makes me a little uneasy, but, but I mean, what are your thoughts on, on seeing that 13 number beside the Wolfpack's name? Um, you know, I, I have a lot of bias and, and for the viewers that don't know, diehard Carolina fan, uh, even though I'm a grad of ECU, 
but um, <laughs> I, I do not like State at all. I, I, they're they're probably like my most hated team. Um, but I got to say, it's a fair rating um, with what you got. Um, I don't. I'm with you. I don't see a top ten right now. No. Um, you know, and State has that, and I might speak into existence that I'm not trying to, but they have that one injury every year. <laughs> and I'm not trying to do that. Sometimes, sometimes it's more than one injury. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not trying to do that. So don't think I am. But um, it's you, you got your quarterback. That's always a key. You got to have that, that leadership back. You got to have that. You have a great defense. Um, and I, I just think if you're going to do it, if you're going to do the damn thing, it's going to be this year. I, I think this is going to be your most successful year. You have a lot of returning stuff. Um, I think it's a fair spot, as bad as I hate to say. If Dave Doran wants to have a chance to win a conference title, or at least in a, a division title in the last year of divisions, but to be, to be in that national conversation, this yeah. has to be the year. Um, when you have a – last year's defense was top 15 nationally. It was like number two or number three overall in the ACC. <clears throat> when you have 10 of 11 starters back, thir- your top 13 tacklers back, and then 20 guys back with starting experience off a of top 15 national defense, then on the other side of the ball, you've got – arguably the best quarterback in the ACC, but definitely top three or four quarterback in the ACC. And what in the ACC this year is the best quarterback league. I'm sure we'll have an episode about that before the season kicks off, or at least a segment about that. But when Devin Leary, you know, it it was preseason ACC player of the year this year. um, You're right. This is the year to put up or shut up. You don't do it this year. You only have yourself to blame. Yep. And, uh, you know, much like my boys thought it was last year, year before, we had to shut up. Because we we shit the bed, for lack of better terms. Um, but yes, and you go back to the court. You talk about the quarterback for the ACC. Um, I know Wake Forest just took a hit yeah. with uh, their quarterback. Um, hopefully, he gets back and recovers. Because I did enjoy watching that man play. That, yeah. They got a hell of a quarterback. They do. I mean, Hartman's a baller. Yeah, he's and, he's uh, ripped my heart out many times. If he's a baller. Well, you know, it's it's always fun because you know they, they just score. They they just Wake Forest just score. Yeah. They just um, – and I don't – you know, and we've watched enough of them there in your conference, uh, in your division, but the way he runs that little mesh point where he yeah, like – Yeah, the slow mesh. It, it's, it's so annoying, but it's like – It's like Virginia – it's like Virginia basketball is what yeah. it feels like. It's the football yeah. version of that. It's effective, yeah. but God knows it's ugly to watch. But, um, you know, you got him. You got – apparently the guy, guy transferred from USC to – Keaton slow this to Pitt. Yeah, um, I hear that. I hear good things about him. I don't really know a lot about him because once again, West Coast. Um, we have you, you know Miami TV. Yeah, they have him back. Um, State Hartman, um, and, and I'm telling you, a guy that's got that's very good is the Armstrong guy from Virginia. I yeah, really Brennan like Armstrong. him. Too. Yeah, I really like him too as a quarterback. Yeah, the thing that worries me for him this year is, if I'm not mistaken, I think he had, for the first time I've ever seen this at this level of football, he had to replace the entire offensive line this year. Mm. So that makes me nervous for Brendan Armstrong. But Brendan Armstrong is a baller. I agree with you on that. And then, I mean, you have to mention Malik Cunningham, too. Dude's a fantastic athlete, dual-threat quarterback at Louisville. You never really know, you know, um, going in week in and week out, if he's just going to pop off for uh, 150 yards passing and 100 yards rushing. I mean, right. he's he's like a poor man's Lamar Jackson in some weeks. So, 
fantastic athlete. I mean, it's a deep, it's a deep QB conference. But yeah. uh, one thing that I noticed that it, if I'm my math isn't great, but <clears throat> I'm I'm noticing that I think the ACC has more ranked teams right now than the conference with Rutgers, the Big Ten. The conference with Rutgers. Um, yeah, yeah uh, let's see. Let's let's go through it. Um, yeah. I haven't even paid attention to that. So we got Ohio long. State, Michigan. Yeah. Wisconsin, I, I remember seeing. So that's three. Yeah. From the conference. No, no, Michigan State. They've got four. Want to be fair to Sparty. And so that's four from the Big Ten. None of that realignment that we got to, that we're going to talk about later has happened for the Big Ten. Yeah. Either. Like 2022 Big Ten, not like future Big Ten. Okay. And then the ACC, we've got Clemson, NC State, Miami, Pitt. And Wake Forest, yeah. One more from the ACC, the supposed weak um, leftover conference here in this whole realignment stuff. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> I'm really anxious to see, you know, and to be, to, to be fair, and I don't know, this is just going with, against everything I believe in, but the, the Coastal has always been not as – well, let me rephrase that. The Atlantic top teams, when they're them, are better than the Coastal's top teams, usually. Yeah. Um, but this year, I think it's kind of – I think you got a couple of things that could go either way. Um, I don't know what to expect with my boys. Uh, with Carolina, um, I say my boys, even though – didn't go there. I'll get, <laughs> be that clear. So I can go ahead and get that out of the way for everybody. On episode one. <laughs> everybody starts roasting me on that. Um, but, you know, in the coastal, you have, you have Pitt and Miami. And I looked at, I was looking at the preseason stuff and all. And it's Carolina and Virginia. And I think it can be, you know, I'm not going to say any of those four can win, but they'll be very competitive, those top four at least. Yeah. And, um, you know, the Atlantic, Clemson State, and Wake Forest. And yeah. then then maybe a Florida State? Maybe a Florida State, maybe a Louisville. Those are like two yeah. potentially dark horse teams in the Atlantic. But um, you have the you have four that can go you – have, you have two that are used that are, that are going to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. And the Coastal doesn't have two that are going to beat the hell out of each other. You don't know right. what's going to happen. I mean, it's the age-old question, is the U actually back? And, right. you know, I believe that Mario Cristobal is going to turn that program around, but is he going to do it in year one? They have the talent, but, I, I mean, I'm, I have the same viewpoint with the U as I do UT, horns down always. Um, it's, it's just that until they're actually back, I don't buy the whole we're back every single preseason. So, right. like, Miami could be a, a dog in the fight. Pitt... You know, it's it's tough to replace Heisman uh, Trophy finalist Kenny Pickett, but if <coughs> Keaton Slovis can stay healthy and if if he has a pretty good year, let's say that it's a slight step down at quarterback because it's going to be tough to recreate what Pickett did last year. Right. But the big hit they took offensively was Jordan Addison hitting right. the transfer portal. That dude was a baller, and now he's what out. Uh, he went to USC. So that's a big hit, but I do think the Pitt and Miami are going to be good. I think they're probably at least my early season assessment is I think that I agree with you. I think they're the two best teams in the coastal coming in. So I'm I'm even going to put this on because because I saw it. Um, 
I just saw it like when when you're showing the mirror and I saw the background. Uh, Notre Dame, they should. God, they drive me crazy that they're you know that they're even there because <laughs> they're so worried. The independent stuff just pisses me off so bad. And you're either in or you're out. That's the way I look at it. And it, it should be, but they're the pretty blonde at the dance that everybody wants to dance with, and and <laughs> they keep turning their nose up at. I mean, Notre Dame has been that for a while, and. You know, it may frustrate the rest of us, but yeah, you know, we're not getting to dance with the pretty girl. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, well, Notre, Dame, also, Notre Dame is, you know, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. It's also, I mean, it benefits them from the money aspect, correct? Isn't that the, the whole reason? Like for the. So, uh, no, like they actually take a lesser payout under their current contract with NBC, which I think runs out in 2023 than what the ACC schools have. I want to say they're taking a roughly $17 million payout. Uh, with the with the NBC with NBC, the full member payout with the ACC this year is around thirty to thirty three million, but they do get partial payout because you know they're a member in all other sports other than football, right. yeah. other than football and ice hockey. But <laughs> I mean, there's just no uh, there's only club hockey in the ACC it's the Southeast. But the but um, yeah, I mean Notre Dame are they really fifth in the country? We don't know. They've got a new coach. There's a there's a lot of there's a lot of storylines here. Um, you know, Oklahoma new coach, Brent Venables from Clemson. He's out in Norman now. Uh, is Michigan was last year a flash in the pan with them, their march to the CFP, or are they actually back? You know, yeah. I, you never can tell with Harbaugh. Like, I don't trust Harbaugh and Michigan to remain consistently good. Um, Wisconsin is a – Wisconsin and Oklahoma State, especially Oklahoma State, they're like a better version of NC State, a more successful NC State. They typically – can compete, but they just don't get over the hump. Oklahoma State yeah. showed that last year with what missing out on the Big Twelve championship by a yard. Yeah, but they, I mean the Big so, Twelve. You know, Oklahoma State. There, I feel a kinship with them. But anyways, I digress. Yeah, I, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Get, I mean, I don't. Wisconsin it seems like they all and Oklahoma State. They finished the year top ten, but they can't ever get to that top four. They can't yep. ever get to where they got to get. You know. Oh yeah. And, um. I don't. I don't know. I mean, you also this top twenty-five. You also have two American teams here. Yeah, yeah. Cincinnati and Houston, soon to be uh, Big Twelve teams here in a couple of years. But it's twenty twenty-two, like we said, not twenty twenty-four. Right. And uh, they're you know this from ECU's conference. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's it's something. I, I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know anything about them, so I can't really comment. Um, but how many, if you just have to take a guess, and I don't know the schedule, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know anything about it. How many top 25 teams do you think get upset? with? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. what. I say at least, at least six. Oh, I'm going to go high with it. I'm going to go. I was going to go three. I was really thinking two, but I was, I was going to be aggressive. I'm only going to go high in this, this, the reason being is. I don't know the schedule either. Not yet, anyways. And <laughs> I just am thinking that there's got to be some marquee matchups in week one. Right. It, it, not everybody can't be playing the sisters of the poor. Right. So if that's the case and it's on the high end, I'm just going to be, I'm going I'm to go high with it. I'm going to say six of the top 25 lose week one. The state lose week one in grief. So this is a tough one for me because in most years, I would say yes. Um, I, I, I need to fact check this, but I read the other day on the message board. So take that with a grain of salt. 
that <laughs> I think that we've won precisely one time ever in Greenville. But week one games, typically defense takes over and wins those games. And I don't have a problem trusting this year's pack defense. Right. So I think that it's not going to be a blowout, but I, I think that for ECU to win, they have to put up 30 plus points. And I just don't think they put up 30 points. So the line and just, just throwing it like so we're always gonna have gambling bits in there in this podcast. Um the line is like seven, seven and a half, somewhere in that area. That's where it opened. I thought it went it moved all the way out to about ten. If it moved to ten, it moved I'm taking to 10. the points. I'm yeah. taking the points. I, I I think it's a I think where it opened is a respectful place. Yeah. I agree with that. Because I mean it for lack of a better way of phrasing this, it is kind of a rivalry game. ECU's gonna be hype about it. It's Labor Day weekend. You know, they, they get they get up for when the, the heels, the pack, the Hokies all come to town. And, you know, in-state matchups like this have been it's, – it's, let's call a spade a spade with the Wolfpack. <laughs> you're 13th in the coaches' poll. You're 13th in the AP poll. You have all this hype. Your quarterback is AC preseason player of the year. And your first game of the year is in Greenville, North Carolina against ECU. What other way would you script for NC State to stub their toe in week one? It would send them to Greenville. Let's let's send them to that house of horrors where, yeah, you never. I mean, because I haven't been since I graduated in sixteen. Yeah, and that's why I made sure to get tickets. I'm we're near the boneyard, and I wanted to be because you couldn't get tickets in the boneyard. I wanted to be close to that because I was like, you know, my hate my most hated team is going there, <laughs> and you know, I would just I'd love for it to be a win. Uh, me and you both will be there. So, yep. guys, if, if anybody wants to get up with us and have a cold beer, make sure to get up with us. We'll be in Greenville. Um, but I, I I just think it could be something wild. You, you never know. Um, if, we're, if we're playing at a neutral site, obviously I think the 10 could happen. And, you know, maybe two touchdowns. Yeah. But, and and <laughs> I went there so I could say this. The first half of – of ECU is pretty loud, but then you know everybody gets too damn drunk <laughs> and we all pass out, go to the hospital, the hospital tent, and then then you're stuck out there. It's a noon kickoff, correct? Yeah, it's a noon kickoff in the heat of the summer. Yeah, so I can promise you, know, all the freshmen and <laughs> all the others are gonna get way too drunk. And that's what's gonna happen, and everybody's gonna fizzle out by that. But I, I don't know. It could be. It's gonna be a. It's gonna be a close game at any time. I think it's going to be a very competitive game with, honestly, I think the Wolfpack pull it, yeah. pull away in the latter part of the third quarter. And I think the fourth quarter, they're going to be at arm's length. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, though. I will say that if NC State gets passed <laughs> to the national pundits that would hear this, who don't have a grasp on NC State or a local college football scene in North Carolina, they would think this sounds crazy. But if NC State gets past ECU, and especially if they get past ECU without it really being a dogfight, Count me as a believer on the Wolfpack this year because this right. is setting up for them to have a major disappointment in week one on a lot of hype coming in. Because we haven't had this much hype since Phillip Rivers' his senior year. Right. I mean, it's just I, – I think that, you know, it's, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, but we'll see. I think it's going to be fun. I mean, that kind of leads us into <clears throat> one thing that we were going to talk about. Obviously, this one's a big anticipated matchup for me and you. Um, first game of the week – first game of the year – uh, for both teams, going to be a fun time in Greenville. I haven't been back there since the Scotty Moe years when they played and got beat the crap out of uh, by Temple. Uh, yeah. I think I went with with Chase one time to one of those games, but I haven't ever seen Dowdy Ficklin rocking. 
I've only seen it, you know, bare bones. <laughs> the right. bear, the, it, they didn't have many people in the boneyard when I made my trip to Dowdy, but I'm looking forward to that game. But what other matchups this year are you uh, most looking forward to? Um, so I got, I got a couple, obviously. Uh, big, another big one for us, the state, you know, Carolina game um, that we have uh, after Thanksgiving. After yeah, Thanksgiving. it's on Black Friday this year again, like last year. Um, this are we nationally? I don't know. This this sounds pretty, but I just I don't keep up nationally until it's like the week happens and you know right. the game day promos roll. Um, but give me the. <laughs> I'm looking forward to, and I hope they play. I can't remember if I looked it up. Cons versus con, uh, Catholics. You know, a little little going on that again. <laughs> Talking about uh, Notre Dame and uh, FSU. No, Notre Dame and uh, Miami. Oh, no, oh yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. So that would be that would be kind of cool again. Uh, oh, if, yeah. if the U, of course, is officially back. Um, but I also would look forward to uh, Pitt, Miami would be a good one to watch. State, Clemson, obviously, is always good. October first, that's a big matchup in Death is Valley. Is that at that, State or is that it? It's at Clemson this year, and that's why yeah. I, when we have our preview show, that's why I give Clemson the edge as why I, I vote for them to be number one in the Atlantic is strictly because of October 1st matchup. It's yeah. in Death Valley instead of Raleigh. And State and Wake Forest play at, in Raleigh? Yeah, in Raleigh. So those games are always flip-flopped. Um, when we have one at home, the other's away. Yeah. So that'll be, yeah. I mean, those type of matchups, um, I, I think that, you know, I don't know. Carolina's won three straight in this Miami-Carolina thing. I think that'll be another good matchup. Um, I, I don't know how they pulled that off, um, but I'm just glad that Carolina doesn't have to go to Doe Campbell <laughs> anymore. For uh, <laughs> that seems to be the place that we die. Mac is over in his career at Carolina yeah. against Florida State, his alma mater. Yeah, it's it's almost like you know, I know it's football, but you go to Roy, Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hey, for like the longest time, he couldn't get past Kansas after he came home to Chapel Hill. Right, it's one of those weird things, man. Um, but. I think it'll be, I don't know, those type of matchups. Um, you know, obviously State, Wake Forest, like I said. Because um, I, I anticipate Hartman to probably be back by the November State Wake game. I don't know exactly how serious it was, but I knew they yeah, said it was either. a good amount of time. Yeah. Um, and I I hope for that young man's sake, it's just quick. You know, it's not. I hope so, too. Hopefully when they say indefinitely, they mean the Coach K version of indefinitely. Just one game and he's back. <laughs> yeah, one game. <laughs> Um, but I, I like that. I like the pit. Um, anytime pit playing somebody and um, the Virginia, Virginia, I just feel like they can play spoiler for a lot of teams. Yep. And like I said, I didn't realize they lost that they missed the whole offense line. But if they can somehow piece together something with the quarterback that's experienced and the entire um, receiving quarter is returning. Yeah. So there you go. So all you got to do is just give me some time back there. Oh yeah, and you know they can play spoiler for a lot of things, but um, I, I I thoroughly am ready for some ACC football as much as I am watching to see how who gets upset. Everybody wants to beat Bama, and yeah. I would love to see Bama stumble a little bit. They stumbled a little bit last year. They did. Uh, I mean that that for me, obviously, you know, in order for me, it's like stay Clemson because that's just going to be a uh, it should be a massive matchup between the two with big conference implications. Right. State ECU being an in-state game, like we talked about, 
State Carolina rivalry game. You know, I, my nightmare scenario, and I don't anticipate this to happen. Any of our friends back home who may be hearing this, who always act like that there's unrealistic expectations every year. But my nightmare scenario is an undefeated conference record for the pack going into the last two weeks of the season against Louisville on the road and Carolina on the road. And then we drop two straight and finish six and two like last year and not win the division. That would be a very NC State thing to do. <laughs> but the State Carolina game obviously would is a big one for me. Taking it out of conference, the, just because of the, you know, as they as the kids say, all the tea that's been happening in the offseason between Jimbo and and Nicholas Saban. Yeah. Yeah. The AM Alabama matchup, especially with AM having won last year. I want to see that one <laughs> because yeah. Jimbo and, and Nick Saban going at it was was hilarious for those of us who don't give two shits about Bama or AM. <laughs> yeah, well, so the the funny the thing is to me is it's like, I don't know. I mean, would he would he have said stuff like that if he didn't win last year? Probably. I still think so. Oh, yeah, probably. Um, I mean, he, he but, still has a national championship ring. So, I mean, I feel like that probably would make Jimbo. Oh, you're talking about, uh, you're talking about Jimbo, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm talking about Jimbo. Something. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I still think because he's won a national title, he he probably feels, and maybe rightfully so, that, you know, he can speak like he wants to on, on the subject. So. Yeah, well, I just, I, I'm just, like you said, I don't want to, you don't tug on Superman's cape, and I don't know if I would. Uh, I don't know if I would do that. But he did it, and now you know we'll just see what happens from there. I, I'm I'm looking forward to that game as well. Um, obviously, you know we always talk about Auburn, Alabama. Yeah. Even it, no matter what, it doesn't matter if they're, you know, uh, if one's good, it's always Bama. If one's bad, then it's it's still you know you never know what's going to happen with those. Yeah. Guys. Uh, one of the things that I am looking forward to that's not really a matchup, but I'm looking forward to more uh, um, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin press yeah. conferences. Mike yeah. Leach, they, they couldn't be more different to represent their schools better in, in Mississippi. You've got Mike Leach who just goes on random rants about the most crazy stuff that's just hilarious and fascinating to listen to. Then you've got Lane Kiffin who... I don't know if you heard this, but Lane Kiffin has a new punter now down in Oxford. And he said he told some of the guys on his team that he he wanted uh, them to go on campus and find him a punter because he needed one. They found a guy <laughs> at a frat party at a keg party. And oh. now now he's the new punter for the Ole Miss uh, running rebels. And apparently this guy was like uh, one of the top punters in the country in the 2020 recruiting class who played one year at Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, then he entered the transfer portal and no one picked him up. So he just transferred to Ole Miss as a regular student. And then he was hanging out at this keg party and Lane Kiffin offers him a spot on the team. And Kiffin's like, well, we got to get my guy in shape. He's been hanging out at keg parties. He hasn't been really, he's not really in playing condition, but yeah, we found him at a frat party. (laughs) I tell you what, if that's not the most, you know, Mississippi Lane Kiffin type thing, I I don't know what is. That that describes (laughs) it perfectly. I'll, to be honest, I thought you were about to say, "I would just who's got a good looking, who's got a good looking mother, or who's got a good looking mother." <laughs> but then I figured we weren't talking about Zach Wilson. I was, so was going to say the Zach Wilson model. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't know, I didn't know where that was going because I had not heard that news. I knew he had a punter, and I got the alert, but I hadn't had looked into it too much. <laughs> yeah, I saw it on an Outkick uh, article today, and it said uh, it was one of those clickbaity titles it was something like you know where see where lane kiffin got his punter from and i clicked on it and then i would start i just started 
burst out laughing at my desk. <laughs> I was like, that's very much a lane train thing to do. Uh, yeah. Entertaining, so to speak. So definitely uh, Lane Kiffin and Leach. I'm, I'm interested to see more shenanigans from those two. Um, and they, they make the Egg Bowl interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm uh, any, any type of some reason I really liked the way Mississippi. I know they lost uh, Corral or yeah, uh, Macarral. Yeah, I, I really like his display in the bowl game and all and all that stuff. And I really just like the way that whole offense is kind of closed. Like we're just gonna we're not we're gonna play defense, but you know we're just gonna try to outscore you. And those oh, yeah. games are always fun to watch anyway. So anytime those two playing and Lane. And saving, they, you know, when they run across Oh, yeah. Something to look into. It's like so. Big 12 football with SEC talent, mm-hmm. it, which is fun to watch. Yeah, man. Not the Big 10, though. We don't yeah, not the conference with Rutgers. <laughs> Those of you who don't know that reference, that's a running joke on one of the Cold Cans Network pods, uh, Miserable and Reckless. We uh, refuse to reference the Big 10 by name on that show, so it's always the conference with Rutgers. <laughs> but... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of cool matchups going into this year, but I, I think the the big story of the summer um, and, you know, it will give quick context here, um, but I'm pretty sure if you're listening to a college football podcast, you're very much aware of it at this point. Uh, two summers ago, you know, we had the bombshell news out of the out of the blue that Texas and Oklahoma are leaving the Big 12 in a couple years to go to the SEC. <clears throat> then we had. Fast forward a, a couple months, we had the the mighty alliance that was formed between the uh, the Pac-12, the Big Ten, and the ACC. Well, the first opportunity that the Big Ten got to stab the other two in the back and spit them in the face, give them the finger, uh, they did it. And so we all got that notification this summer that USC and UCLA are now, uh, in the next couple of years, going to be joining the Big Ten. Talk about cultural differences. Talk about distance. Like, we, we now span from Rutgers and Maryland on the East Coast to Southern California with SC and UCLA. But what was your initial reaction when you when you heard that news? Well, so I thought I thought it was maybe just the onion I, or something. <laughs> the the brand. I mean, I guess you go UCLA's brand, but that's the raw sport for that. I mean, they're I mean, riding the coattails for SC. Yeah, I. I don't know. I, I, I'm with you, though. Do you, I, I just feel like it looks like a – let's just get another brand there. But when is, when is SC the, uh, the, the original, just to be clear, USC? Um, <laughs> when, when have they – That's they right, because the school something? back east is Carolina. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and we're not worried about somebody below us either. There's a real Carolina. But um, I just – I feel like that it was just all – brand recognition and just for living in the past with it. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't think that I'm tired of this stuff. Like, let's just leave the conference like it is, um, you know, and even it for uh, us, for Carolina to be mentioned in that thing, you know, that was one of the teams that was going to drive me crazy. I don't know why we tamper with stuff all the time. Yeah. Money, I, I guess. I hate it too. It's all about uh, potential TV revenue. What the, the big, cable networks are willing to shell out as individual payouts per school. If you, if you move the needle and you bring in more ad revenue on what your payout is, if it increases, you're valuable. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And your performance on the field doesn't matter. Essentially it's what, what we've learned here. And I, I hated it when Texas and Oklahoma did it. I hated it even more when SC and UCLA did it 
not only you can kind of look sideways and squint and see where Texas and Oklahoma can kind of fit in the Southeastern Conference. Right. There's no way to spin it that the Trojans and the Bruins don't belong in Big Ten football. Geographically, culturally, I mean, they just it, it, it doesn't make sense. It's all I mean, it's, it's strictly about money, but it's the domino effect that this is going to have on college athletics. Um, it, it's going to ruin college football. And I know you're a big NFL guy. And I know most of America is, but I don't love the NFL. I love college football. College football in and of itself, uh, we were talking about Miserable and Reckless. A buddy of ours on that show was reading a, uh, a quote from somebody that said, um, paraphrasing, college football is essentially just this uh, regional rivalries where you want your, your rivals to be just a little bit more miserable than you. That's the essence right. of college football. And when you start to kind of shift it away and you have what we think we're probably going towards the big two, the Big Ten and the SEC, you're, you're moving towards an NFL model where you're going to have coast-to-coast football. It's going to be on all the time. And those natural rivals are just going to be going away. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people left on the outside looking in. It's going to ruin the, the charm of college football, if you will. And just, I mean, ask, I'm sure Maryland loves that they're on the inside of this like realignment talk, but ask Maryland if they would rather, their fans, if they would rather be playing Duke and Carolina every year or whether they'd be rather playing Nebraska and Wisconsin. I mean, it doesn't matter what the end goal is because it's all going to go with money, but they probably would rather those old rivalries still be intact. Same with West Virginia and the Big 12. I mean, they'd rather probably be playing Pitt and Virginia Tech than, you know, Texas Tech and, and Baylor. Um, it, it's just, I think it's going to ruin college athletics and college football in particular. I mean, so you even have, you know, you have A&M that went with this in the SEC already. Yeah. So, I mean, those all come in there. But like you said, it, it's basically turning into just two power conferences. And everybody else is just kind of, uh, you just you just do what you got to do. I mean, to survive. I mean, it's it's getting kind of. I mean, I love money just as much as the next guy, but <laughs> nobody thinks about nobody thinks about the fans. Nobody thinks about what they want in this. It's all money hungry, which I, I get. But as college football fans and fans of those schools, it is probably heartbreaking to see them just jump to a different conference like that. And, and the let's kind of like focus on the impact it's going to have on the conference that you and I have spent our entire lives watching the Atlantic Coast Coast conference, you know, since 1953, um, the, this has been the league that our schools were founding members of and have been members of. I don't see how the ACC long-term is going to make it. The only thing about it is, the grant of rights goes till 2036. The payouts are going to be significantly less than what the Big Ten and the SEC are rumored to be eventually getting with their increasing contracts. <clears throat> but the grant of rights is either going to kill the ACC or it's going to save the ACC. And there's no in-between because everyone is pretty much locked in for a while unless I think it's two-thirds of the league or half the league votes together to just dissolve the ACC altogether. Now, the question you have then is if the ACC, let's, I'll give you two scenarios. I don't know your thoughts. Scenario one is the ACC stays intact because, you know, who has, you know, sometimes I've seen 150, sometimes I've seen as much as $500 million. Nobody really knows. But after legal fees and everything, it's going to be a, lot, a shit ton of money. Just say it's a shit ton. <clears throat> ACC stays together, but it becomes a, you know, 
second or third tier conference. It becomes a glorified American in the pecking order, so to speak. How do you think that's going to impact, you know, the quality of the play on the field when it comes to the difference in revenue that they bring in? Like, what, is it, what, how, what do you think happens to the ACC if they stay together? I think I think you're fighting. I think if they stay together and it becomes, you know, they're the third, like you said, third in the pecking order, then what's going to happen is you're going to have – you're going to have players realize that they don't have a shot at winning the big the big, the big championship. You're not going to have a chance to win a national title based on this format because it's going to be the two big dogs. I mean, yeah, you might have – you might have a Clemson slide in. Or, I mean, you could have – Somebody slide in, but you're not going to have the same relevance when um, when it's you're third on the list. You're you're not even the step brother anymore. You're like the step step brother. You're like the half brother yeah. that just came from over here, like a cousin or something. I mean, you're not <laughs> even close. Your cousin Eddie from National Lampoons. Yeah, you're not you're not even close. You know, it's it's frustrating to see what could happen to our conference, like you said, that we've just grown up the whole time with. I don't like letting people in. I didn't like letting Miami and Pitt and the rest of them in. But I mean, that's going way back. Uh, uh, that's going back to when we were little kids. But the thing was, like, outside of Virginia Tech for the first 10 years, they were there. <laughs> there hasn't been a single team during expansion that has added a damn thing to the ACC. Like, this is where Swafford, I think, just was thinking in the 80s or the 90s when he needed to be forward thinking. Bringing in Boston College, Doug Flutie was not quarterback at the time. Right. Bringing in Miami, like I can give him a pass there. They were still good when we brought him in, but God and they knows still they had some off. good years. I mean, they still they had some good years. They did. Virginia Tech makes sense. I mean, they came in and dominated the conference for the first like five to ten years. They were in the conference in football, but Syracuse. I'm sorry, don't give a shit about Bayheim and and Syracuse basketball. Neither does America. Um, the, he complains year to year, year to year about, you know, the, it, the tournament being in Greensboro instead of Madison square garden. Well, guess what, old man, the big East is, is over. (laughs) If you want to go join the Catholic league up, up state, uh, up North that has your, your old logo name, go for it. But the old big East ain't coming back. And then Louisville, like that just seemed like it was like, we got to add somebody. And I guess they had the most value at the time, but the expansion. I guess you can see them at the town with Patino. I mean, I guess. Um, <laughs> Patino, and then they also had a, a pretty good football team at the time. They had Lamar for a little while, yeah. Stuff like that. I mean, yeah. So I could see they 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 were competitive when they first came in. I can they see were. that. But if if you're strictly going off or football, Syracuse is not relevant. No. BC is not relevant. Nope. Um, you have Miami and Virginia Tech who are pretty relevant. You have Louisville, who's a hit or miss. They go a couple years on, a couple years off. They don't ever make the big, you know, let's go finish top 25, but they're competitive. And it, other, other than that, is it is it looking to just basketball? I mean, because other than that, it, the move doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't. I think it was a basketball-centric move, but the problem was anybody that was involved in those conversations at the time should have seen that. Because, I mean, the other conferences saw it. The football was the driver f- forward. Right. As much as we love basketball in ACC country, especially in North Carolina, it's not what's going to carry the conference. So football was the move. But the second scenario I wanted to see your uh, get your take on ACC in some form or fashion, you know, splits up. We we lose members. <clears throat> who do you think makes it into the quote unquote big two, and who doesn't? 
because there's lots of schools of thought. I think there's a handful that we know are okay. And then there's a lot of bubble teams from the ACC, at least in the terms of perceived value for the ad revenue. Are we thinking about just total revenue with sports, total revenue of that? Or we see like it's not so much the total revenue of what they generate. It's about how much do the cable companies value them? Their, their brand perception, their brand value, instead of what they actually generate, their perceived value. Who and do you sport, think? Who and do you all think sports, right? Well, it, it's technically all sports, yeah. Um, that, that factors in. We know football is the driver, but it's technically all sports. But I just want to know, who from the ACC do you think is safe? Who do you think is definitely out? And who's you know one of those teams that are just living on the bubble day by day and hoping they don't get that, uh, that email from Jim Phillips that the conference is breaking up? Start with the safe teams. I guess would be the easiest one. All right, safe teams. Um, I think I don't know. This this is this is a lot harder than I than I think. It is. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be Miami just for the brand name. I, I think Miami's in. Um, a little bias. I'm I'm going to go with Carolina. Um, I think I think states in. And it's just because of I don't I don't know I feel like because if states in is Duke wouldn't be in because of football, but Duke's brand name of just Duke is in. But then again, they're not. They're know, a tough see, one. They're a that, tough that, one. That's one of those that gets me. It's, yeah, Duke's not a slam dunk, regardless. Much to the chagrin of all the Duke fans on the internet. I mean, <laughs> Coach K isn't on the sideline anymore, and. Right. Like there is value with Duke strictly because of the basketball brand, but they're not a slam dunk anymore. Well, so is is state the the, the other argument there is state is more the football. Is state valuable in basketball? Is that when they just finished last in the ACC? It's another thing. I think state is where they are in basketball always when it comes to this conference realignment thing. I think they're firmly on the bubble with a good chance to be on the outside looking in. If I'm being honest, um, right. I think that they bring. They bring enough to the table, but state is a regional brand over the last 25 years. Right. They're not a national brand anymore. Um, state fans realize that, and we're, we're, we're very um, self-aware on that. Like, it isn't the David Thompson, Jimmy, David Thompson era or the Jimmy V era anymore where when you had the, the red uniforms with the white state across the people thought NC State. Like, now if they see state across, people think Michigan State. Right. Um, I think my safe teams um, are – Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Carolina. I think those four are definitely safe. Carolina, I, I'm going to be honest. I'm This is showing some of my bias here. I don't understand why they're safe. I really yeah. don't. Because you, you don't have, for them to be a national basketball power for the rest of the, their existence, they don't have to be in one of the power two. But for, for whatever reason, I'm told that Carolina is a valuable football brand. Maybe so. Could be wrong. But I think those four are definitely safe. Um, who are your... Your bubble teams, state. Um, uh, I would say I, I don't know. I don't have Virginia Tech in. I don't have Virginia Tech. State and Virginia Tech by almost every for whatever this is worth. Um, every writer and or media personality on television when they talk about this, they speak of state and Virginia Tech in the same breath, and the Hokey fans have a hard time accepting that. Because they still, in their mind, think that Frank Beamer is in his prime right. and Frank that Mike, Mike, and Mike Vick is under center, and neither of those things are true. The reality is we probably have been the better football program over the last five years than they have. Right. 
Um, so they, they've just been hit with reality lately that they're a bubble team. Um, I think that Duke is a bubble team. Yeah, I don't think uh, that they're I, I, totally I, I out, but I don't think they're totally in. I think right. Virginia is probably lean safe. I, I don't, that's another one I don't understand. But the people that get paid to do this for a living tell me that they're safe. So I guess they're safe. Well, I just, I don't, I don't get that either. Um, I guess, I mean, they did win a national title recently, but I guess, but who thinks about them in the football aspect and basketball aspect? I mean, they're not both. They're not. Virginia is Virginia's relevant in the ACC in basketball every year, top four, you know, around yeah. in that area, top five, six. But are they good enough to make into the, the big two? And I would say no. I would I, say no. I, I don't think they would either. Now, the caveat is the Big Ten has, to their credit, I guess, them and the SEC both in this regard, but they, <clears throat> they both have assembled a, a culture, so to speak. Yeah. SEC is all about winning at all costs. Academics don't really matter. The Big Ten does place some value on academic reputation. Um, I mean, all members, uh, except for Nebraska, are AAU members, and Nebraska was an AAU member when they were accepted uh, out of the Big 12. So that that tends to be a knock against NC State and Virginia Tech if that unwritten requirement remains intact. NC State and Virginia Tech are not AAU members in the research world. So Duke, Virginia, and Carolina are. Because anybody that doesn't know what the AAU is, it's just this good old boys network from a long, long time ago where the people that stay in the club uh, don't let new people in in the, re- in the graduate research areas. I mean, it's, it's all it really is. Um, but the Big Ten values it. And those three are, I think, I think that those three fit the Big Ten culturally and they are AAU members so i can see why that would be attractive to them and then you've got clemson florida state and maybe miami that i think fit probably more with the sec right the question is the question is though jordan is how many how big are these conferences going to get well so so that's what i was thinking about who are they going to get rid of who's going to are they going to get rid of i don't think so i think that because they're in they're safe now, yes. if they could reshuffle the board, so to speak, <laughs> there's a lot of people that would be sending their walking papers right. um, in the Big Ten and probably even in the SEC. Missouri would be gone out of the SEC. Andy um, would be gone. In the Andy SEC. would be gone faster than anybody. Uh, Rutgers and Maryland and Nebraska would all be gone out of the Big Ten. Yeah, sorry, Maryland. Then you'd have to be sitting here begging to get back <laughs> to the ACC. You know, I mean, oh yeah, I, I just. I, I like, like you said, how big does it get? Does it turn into? I don't know how many teams are in there now, but I mean, it could be. You could make this a stupid conference, like just two, and then you got basically twenty-four people in each team in each conference. Yeah, you you just got some leftovers over here. Uh, maybe maybe she'll be okay every once in a while. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those. Who's the two a.m. Uh, <laughs> who's the phone call? <laughs> yeah, who's, who's, who's my you up text if something goes wrong? You know, what I mean, that's when exactly Notre Dame spurns you, uh, at yeah. what time do you call Rutgers? <laughs> yeah. It's got to be really bad, buddy, for me to call Rutgers. I mean, it's got to be terrible. That's one of those real blitz, and you know, I mean, that's got to be a terrible thing. <laughs> Rutgers <laughs> just got lucky, and uh, and they let them put a ring on it real early. Before they they ballooned up. So. 
yeah, yeah, one of them. Uh, yeah, one of those that you know, one of them time bombs. You know, you, you <laughs> yeah. get in and you're like, ah, oh, shit, what the hell did I get into? <laughs> yeah. uh, but oh man, I, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how big it gets. Why does it have to? I don't know. I think I think we're making a big mistake with that. Um, I think that, like you said, college football is just going to suffer. The fans are going to suffer, not as much the schools and the money aspect of it, but us as fans are going to absolutely just suffer for the rest of our existence and loving sports. Especially if you're a fan that likes to go to games because they're shifting away from the game attending fan and catering more to the I'm going to sit at home and I'm going to watch from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m college football all day that's the person that they're going after now and we, we've seen across the country that attendance numbers for everybody have gone down compared to what it was i mean it, I, we've always prided ourselves on attendance numbers at nc state even during the bad years but in the last year or two cover year notwithstanding i've even noticed a difference in the students now versus 10 years ago when i first got there um we were there and filled out the student section every single game. And we used to have this overflow seating in the north end zone where, you know, if they you didn't have enough seats in the good seats, you got sent up there. They've removed the overflow seating now for the students. Yeah. Like, it's it's just, it's happened everywhere across the country. Attendance is down, um, you know, with rampant inflation and whatnot. Things are expensive, so it's probably easier for people to get together with their buddies with a, a sixer and some hot dogs and bratwurst at, at the house and just watch the games on whatever streaming service they're they're paying for. So I mean I think that's who they're catering, who they're who they're targeting. Yeah. So one thing I've I've recently done um is because, you know, so my family had a tradition every Saturday, Carolina home game, we'd always go. We'd always, no matter what, you knew what you were doing on Saturday when Carolina had a home game. And so I've recently, the past two, three years, I buy season tickets now for Carolina football. I mean, obviously it kind of happen when they're relevant but um <laughs> when Mac now is back. <laughs> right Mac is back that's right but uh we I, I do that now because it's I want to I'm in I'm in my part of my life where I want to start starting family tradition and keep doing that stuff and that's one of those that I want to keep going I want to keep that tradition going. um Carolina basketball same way last year I was a season ticket holder did the same thing. I just want to get back to doing the same stuff. And, you know, if I can sell them and make it, that's fine on weekdays and stuff. But on weekends, I want to experience because, you know, like I know, it's nothing like being there. Nope. And it, it makes it a hell of a lot better. People can sit there and say, and sure, you know, if I'm playing a Florida a and like Carolina is week one, I'm fine sitting on my couch. But if I'm playing anybody with any relevance, I am going to the game to enjoy it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's totally different. People can say, I can save money and watch it better there. You can, but you pay for the atmosphere. You don't pay for the everything else that comes with it. You pay for the atmosphere. Exactly. It's, it's an experience that, re- that really is the essence <clears throat> of college football. Like last year, at NC State games, the Clemson, the double overtime Clemson game right. at home, and then the miracle two-minute comeback against UNC are games that 
Sure, it's exciting when you're sitting at home, but it doesn't beat being there in the stands for for games like that. And I think that's what an entire generation of of people are going to be missing out on as people shift away from actually going to games. Like you said, I understand financial constraints for a lot of people, but, you know, you can't beat being there. And, you know, just from the tailgate at the beginning to the football when it kicks off, the all the uh, the unique traditions that each school has because college football is king in the south and there's a lot of really cool stuff that goes on in college football games um they each school has different traditions and everything it's just it's a uh it was what do they call the masters it's tradition unlike unlike no other unlike any other <laughs> yeah so i mean it's it it to be a sad day when that's no longer a major component of of the american experience in college football but all right so let's uh close things out final segment here uh, like we said, it is tailgate season. So tailgate we're going to talk a little bit of tailgates. All right. um, we're going to give our each of our top three tailgate games this week. Um, we'll save the, the cold beer talk for a later episode. We'll figure we'd ease it in on episode one with yep. tailgate games. So, Jordan, if you want to start with three and go to one with your top three tailgate games that you play. Okay. Um, let's see here. Um, three would have to be flip cup i do like flip cup um i think it's a fun game i think it involves you know is that where you drink your chick ultras yeah that's it yeah <laughs> yeah you know i'm over here drinking daddy light bush light all sorts of stuff like that but yeah i'm getting my mic harder <laughs> for um no i i i just i don't know i like those games i think it's a fun game it gets everybody going it's you gotta have the light right little you gotta have a little flip you can't you gotta have a little touch with it you know you can't just <laughs> It's not all. It's not all just less hammered home. It's not a power um, game. It's a little skill there, a little finesse. Um, so I would say that would be number three. Um, two would be cornhole. I do love playing cornhole. Um, there, there are certain people in my group that I tailgate with that I will not play against. I'll play with, but I will not play against. Um, just because I only play better once I've had a couple of beers. That's usually how that rolls anyway. Or I have a beer in my hand to counteract that. <laughs> it, it's it's a it's about weight distribution. That's right. You gotta have everything ready. And that's why you tend to miss when the beer gets a little empty. You gotta get another one. Right. Weight distribution is science. I, if I could figure out a way to throw with two beers, you know, like I hit the wall risk. <laughs> if I could if I could have my way to do those, I'd I'd do it. Um and my first would be good old fashioned beer pong. I do love some beer pong. Um, and that's that's not just tailgate game. We used to, when this was, my house was used to be the frat house, as I call it, you know, party's always over here. Um, it used to be 20 bucks to step up to the table just to play a game of beer pong. Um, but no, I, I still enjoy a game of that. And I think that's a classic and that's one you can't beat. So those are my top three. It's a solid list. Um, I'm going to start with number three for me as well. Um, you know, for me, number three is beer pong. Uh, like you said, it's a game that we played a lot of from the years of 2012 to <clears throat> probably a couple years after college, 2018. Yeah. Played a lot of beer pong. Me and my buddy CJ once ran the table 14 straight games. We talk about that. Uh, we're the old guys now to be like, back in my day. But <laughs> beer pong's a, a, a fun game. As long as it's not too windy, it's a fun tailgate game. Number two, like you said, Cornhole. Um, Cornell is a classic. Anybody can play. Um, kids can play that, you know, when there are more kids running around the tailgate. Uh, but it's something that is a it's a must have at every uh, Southern college football tailgate. 
I'm a very streaky player in Cornhole where I'm either on or I'm off. And the day, the games that I'm off is, is awful, but it's still fun nonetheless. And then number one for me, hands down, and it's not even close, is beer ball. If beer you don't ball. know what beer ball is, you need to Google it. <laughs> beer ball is just a game that we've been playing for a long, long time at NC State uh, tailgates. We, to this day, you know, some of us are, some of us in my friend group at my tailgate crowd have crossed the 30 threshold. Some of us are just pushing 30. But here we are all out there, late 20s, early 30-somethings, and we're still running around with a ping pong ball playing beer ball in the parking lot. Um, definitely an, an elite top-tier tailgate game. So beer ball takes the cake for the Raleigh crowd. Yeah. Um, so, so the only reason my beer ball is not in mine is because you've seen me. You know, we've had several <laughs> beers go. I can't, for some reason, between like, I don't know, my sophomore year and to the rest of my life, I can't chug a beer anymore. I, I can't. I, I like. I struggle it with it too. Right. I struggle I, with it too. I don't know what it is anymore, and it's not the fact. I know I sound like a little little girl about it, <laughs> little, little wuss, but um, I don't know. I could drink them all day, but I just can't do. I just can't chug it all now. That doesn't I, work for me anymore. I struggle with that too. I think you and I have the same philosophy. It's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's right. That's right. That's <laughs> what I. That's what I tell my girlfriend all the time too. <laughs> All right. Well, this is the very first episode of Tailgate Season. That's Tailgate SZN, uh, where it's always a bad day to be a beer. Presented by the Cold Cans Network. Like we said, be sure to follow us on social media. I'm at Cold Cans Country. Jordan? Um, I'm at Cold Cans Pick'em. Jordan will have you some betting picks. I've got some uh, sports-related content and some uh, country music content on on the at Cold Cans Country. But please be sure to go give us a five stars and a great review on Spotify, Apple Podcast. We'll soon be available on Amazon and Stitcher and Google and what have you, wherever you get your podcast. But this is the very first episode of the Tailgate Season, uh, presented by the Cold Cans Network. And uh, you know we got some merch, brand new Tailgate Season T-shirts out on ColdCansNetwork.com/shop. Well, uh, this is Tailgate Season presented by the Cold Cans Network, and we will see you next week.